0: Hello, hello and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers podcast. I'm your host, Katie Keller, and today our guest is someone who has certainly lived through some security clearance careers. Sarah Adams is an award-winning targeting officer and global threat advisor with extensive domestic and international experience. From 2015 to 17, she served on the U.S. House of Representatives Select Committee on Benghazi. Prior to the committee, she was a lead targeting analyst at the CIA after joining the agency in 2006 identifying and assessing global terrorist threats aimed at the U.S., its interests, and its global allies. More recently, she has worked in a number of other roles to try to answer complex national security challenges and co-authored Benghazi Know Thy Enemy, a cold case investigation. So today we are going to chat about some of her journey that is laid out in the book and her career at the CIA. So first, thank you, Sarah, for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Great. So I I came across your book, Jason Chris Houck, one of our contributors at clearancejobs.com sort of lays out the timeline and some of the actors, the day of the attack in Benghazi and an article on our site titled Know Thy Enemy, Former CIA Members Seeking Justice for Benghazi. So I encourage everyone to check out that article. But first, I'd really love to focus on how you got to the agency. So you really didn't always envision yourself at the CIA, or maybe you did, but you found yourself there in the analysis world in 2006. And so what advice would you offer to our younger generation about getting a job within the intelligence community and maybe where to start?
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, right? A lot of people don't even consider that community. So just actually understanding it exists and learning about all the different roles in the intelligence community, I think is a really big piece because you know people only think maybe CIA or FBI and there's just so many opportunities. I was never exposed to that industry at all until grad school and it was only because my graduate program was very national security focused so those type of topics came up a lot and that was kind of the first time I ever of it so it's really just getting educated on what the intelligence community is is like a really great place to
0: start absolutely and I know that making especially women that that's been a topic at clearance jobs making them feel you know be seen in intelligence community careers I know that that's helpful in getting these younger generations sort of interested and excited about solving national security problems or getting into this world. And so you really pivoted careers just from me looking at your background, from some of the internships that you worked in during college. And like you said, you you were exposed to sort of this world in grad school. So did mentors play any role in that transition? Or could you speak to how important mentors are for working in national security?
1: Yeah. I had no mentors prior to the CIA from that industry, but I had a lot of great mentors over the years in the different industries I was working in. So like right when I got out of college, I found a great mentor. He'd been working for the city of Tucson because, you know, I first thought, oh, maybe I want to work, you know, in the government sector. And he just did a really great job of kind of like teaching me of, you know, all the different jobs across the board. And then he actually helped me kind of get my first job, which was actually at a nonprofit. Then when I went into the agency, I had some really great mentors. The funny thing is, is my first one basically was like, hey, I'll be your mentor. Like it wasn't even discussion. he just told me we're overseas. He was a great mentor. Another really great mentor. All mine were mostly overseas, which is really interesting. Another great one. I went out to his base and it was a smaller base. And you know, he was excited that I was a newer, younger employee. So he actually kind of like walked me through everything they did there and took me under his wing. And that was pretty exciting because I got to do a lot of things I probably wouldn't have been able to do so early in my career, just because he took the impetus to be my mentor. So when I got after I'd been in the agency a few years, then I got involved myself in mentoring just because it had been so valued to me early in my career. And there weren't a lot of standard programs. And so I helped actually develop some of the internal agency mentoring programs that um, continue to this day.
0: Wow. And so I'm speaking with an expert and I know how important just personally mentoring is. So with your eclectic background, sort of supporting so many different industries, including nonprofits, what advice, I mean, would it be get different mentors, get many mentors? What advice would you offer for folks that maybe have trouble reaching out to a mentor?
1: Yeah, I do like the idea of many mentors and across different industries because otherwise you're not really going to have any access to that industry to even know if you want to play in it. So, the interesting part is nowadays it's so much easier. You know, in the past, like even that mentor I got him because I actually asked my mom, "Hey, do you know people in town in the industries I was interested in?" And I was interested in government international affairs international trade and she actually gave up some of her contacts but now it's a lot easier there's also some great mentoring programs for gosh i don't even know how many years it's been now maybe eight or nine i've been mentoring in a program called modern guild and it helps mentor high school and college students and it helps them kind of decide what careers are best for them to go into when they finish school
0: that yeah that's amazing and so you know we we've talked a little bit about getting into the CIA that that mentorship piece that's so important so Moving forward, after becoming a targeting officer at the agency, what sort of steps kind of led you to searching for those bad actors in the volatile situation of Libya during 2012?
1: Yeah, I mean, that actually, I decided to do that after leaving the agency. While I was in the agency, I obviously worked on Libya. I helped some of the CIA work after the attacks and actually helped support some of the FBI's investigation right after the attacks. But it was actually in 2015 when I realized that basically the intelligence community had kind of dropped the ball and stopped going after the terrorists that were involved and weren't bringing them to justice. And so that's when me and another former CIA colleague decided to partner up and then do our own investigation. And so we've been doing that now for seven years, and um, we have self-funded that.
0: And, and, you know, that's obviously outlined in in the book. So let's let's talk about the the controversy of Benghazi because one thing that you do know in the book is that politics should not be a part of national security investigations and I'm sure, you know, that's one of the reasons why you also funded this this investigation. So with your book, what really do you hope Americans take away from reading it?
1: Yeah, well, we actually decided to share the investigation with Americans just to get them a little more passionate about us going after the terrorists because the U.S. government kind of gets away with not bringing them to justice because there's not interest in bringing them to justice. And I know a lot of that's to do with the politics, but you know, we had 150 terrorists involved in these attacks. And what we try to clearly say in the book is they've done a lot of attacks since and they've killed, um, you know, we we try keeping counts, we think it's at least 10,000 civilians since our attacks are terrorists alone. So you know, it's very dangerous when you don't actually bring these persons to justice. So that's kind of what we wanted the public to understand, hey, even though we focus on things now like Russia, China, you know, this terrorist threat isn't going away. And it is something that needs to kind of stay at the top of everyone's radar.
0: Okay, sure. And so backing it up a little bit, to 2014 with the congressional benghazi committee when they recruited you to sort of get a grasp on what happened so that they could advocate for change to prevent another similar attack which you know obviously you just noted that other attacks have happened. So what have the investigations into benghazi found and after seeing intelligence play a role in other terrorist events is is there anything that can be done differently in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I mean you know, I was on the select committee in Benghazi. They proposed a lot of recommendations at the end. A lot was to do with things like, you know, improving training, for example. Like State Department, while they had security agents in Benghazi, they, they weren't like the high threat ones that you would have seen in war zones. So some of those things have been tweaked and, and State Department has kind of lifted their level back to what used to be for those security persons. But unfortunately, because Benghazi became so political, it it didn't matter if you had one investigation or 10. People like to just kind of stay away from it, unfortunately. That's kind of one of the hopes of our book, right? To kind of show, hey, this was an al-Qaeda terrorist attack. There there's core things that matter, you know, when terrorists attack us, you know, those are the things we need to focus on. Like you said, let's keep the politics out of this. You know, even after the books come out, you know, we've had people from both the CIA and FBI actually thank us for doing the book and they've told us, thank you for doing it. We were unable to do this. And nobody in the intelligence community should ever be saying behind closed doors. Oh, I was unable to go after terrorists. That's a very, that's a very scary thing. We've also had people who carry out the operations on the ground and wanted to go capture terrorists be told it's not the time politically to do that. And we should always politically be able to go capture terrorists. So it's just some of those things, you know, are concerning and we want people to understand it's happening so it can be corrected.
0: Sure. And so, Last month, a bill passed pushing Glenn Bubb Doherty, who, one of whom your book is dedicated to, one step closer to receiving one of the highest civilian awards in the U.S. And so as, as we cross the decade mark after his death, and I'm sure if you're willing to speak a little bit about your emotions, how does it feel to finally publish your book With your co-author Dave Boone Benton and what's going through your brain as you know we pass that 10-year mark?
1: Yeah, you know, it was really Bub's best friend who was one of the, you know, the individuals really fighting for that. And actually the president has signed it. So it'll go the honor will go to all of our fallen from Benghazi. So so Bub, Roan, Sean Smith, and um, the ambassador you know, in this situation, I knew all four, right? Um, that's why the book is what it is. We, these are our four co-workers. These are four people, you know, we cared about and we wanted to bring justice to them. You know, we, we tried to keep some of that out of the book, but, you know, if anyone looks at it, you'll see the personal effort that went into it is because we want to do right by our friends. Um, and, you know, I think now, 10 years later, we're starting to get a little more support, you know, especially with this bill being passed, you know, in the House, in the Senate and signed by the president. It's showing that now we're getting this shift back to let's focus on what matters. Let's push the politics out of Benghazi. And now there's real work that needs to be done. You know, like the terrorists at the attack have not been watch listed, right? Like there are basic things that weren't done over the last 10 years that now there's willing parties that says, okay we know Benghazi wasn't a conspiracy theory. We know it was an Al-Qaeda attack. Now let's go after the terrorists like we would with any other Al-Qaeda attack.
0: Well said. Push the politics to the side so the real work can be done. And I think that's that's really easy for a lot of folks on the ground, especially in in intelligence careers and preventing these future attacks. And that's what these folks want. And so I, I really appreciate you joining me today to share a little bit About your story and the book. And we'll be sure to link to the book in the show notes here. But before we sign off, any closing thoughts for our listeners? And I, I do have to ask, you know, since this is the Security Clearance Careers podcast, any any insights or advice for those that may be looking to, to gain a security clearance or just get into a security clearance career?
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things I always try to tell people interested, especially if they're young enough, I say, focus on the internships. There's really great internships across the intelligence community that'll get you not only that first security clearance, but if you're young enough in school, and you do like two or three summers, each of those count as a year. And what a lot of young people don't understand is, you kind of get like, when you come in the CIA, you have your three years probation. Well, if you've already done those three summers, you come into the CIA pretty senior. um, And you you know, you have a pretty established career already just from working in the summers. So that's a key thing I like to tell people. And you know, it's not always about the clearance, right? Try to work on the issues that you're interested in. You know, there's so much great open source and OSINT work out there with really great think tanks and firms. So don't make that your only focus because you will eventually get around to where you want to be. There's so many ways to get into the community and that are really exciting and doing great work.
0: That's great. Well, again, thank you so much, Sarah. For everyone listening who may be a student interested in gaining a security clearance or at least getting an internship in this field without one, or if you are looking for information on intelligence careers in general or building a resume template, you can visit news.experiencejobs.com.